So we're getting a little bit of a late start, uh, preferably, uh, and I know there was a train tonight and, uh, and all that stuff, but preferably, I'd like to have everybody say their memory work to me before 5.30. That would be preferable. Uh, I gave everybody a free pass for last week's Bible memory work from Acts. We did it as, as a kind of a group project with the parents last week. So um, to have schedule sheets so you know what the memory work is, to have schedule sheets so you know when we have class and when we have questioning and all that kind of stuff. There's a few extras up here if you need them on the corner of the table. Sermon outlines, we're gonna talk about sermon outlines in a little bit. What I want, what I expect. Catechism two, you know. Catechism one, you will know very soon. Um, so catechism one, you owe me 20. Catechism two, you owe me 25. When you come, put them on the table. Uh, on the desk up here in the front. And all the ones that I've gone through and corrected or made comments on, I'll put over there where the schedule sheets are. Uh, after tonight, the schedule sheets will be in the back. If, if I put an X on it, I have accepted it. And you got credit for it. It's got to be pretty bad for me not to, not to accept it. Okay. Am I right, Hayden? Yep. Okay. Um, please, please write so that I can read it. My handwriting is not very good. I'm pretty lenient, but please write so I can read it. No colored ink. Black or blue. I mean, if you need to do pencil, that's fine. But uh, black or blue, I don't want pink, I don't want red, I don't want green, I don't want sparkly, I don't want any of that stuff. Okay? My old eyes can read black and blue. That's the reason for that. So, you have one Bible passage, sometimes two, if they're short, but one Bible passage memory work due every week. Even if we don't have class for some reason, you still owe me that memory work. In addition to that, we have our catechism memory program, which is a separate animal. And that's this right here. And you're to be working on that on your own when you get to a new level. Come a couple minutes early and say the level to me. All right? You are all supposed to be at level four before you get in this classroom. So if you are not at level four, get in gear. Okay? Um, we have questioning in about five weeks or so on uh, the Ten Commandments. Got to know the Ten Commandments, got to know the meanings. That's level four. Right after that comes the Apostles' Creed. Got to know the, the um, articles of the Creed and the meanings. All right? So that becomes crucial for Catechism 2. Yeah. All right. All right.
Um, so, be working on this. I, I hope you're to the age now where I don't have to constantly be reminding you. So, just do it. You can practice it at home, and when you're ready, come, come tell me. Okay? That's, it's that simple. Uh, we'll take church and Sunday school attendance right off the bat. And we like to spend a little bit of time in uh, the Bible, a little bit of time in the catechism, and a little bit of time going over questioning questions. Questioning questions. Catechism 2, you know what I mean, right? Catechism 1, I have a sheet with approximately 110 questioning questions. And so we will work through those on a regular basis. I'll make you a copy of the, of the questioning questions, write the answer down, Memorize the questions and the answers. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. It's like an open book test. All right. Let's, um, let's begin. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Uh, let's uh, say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, in church on Sunday morning, we almost always confess the Nicene Creed. And I know uh, even for the pastor, because we do the Nicene Creed all the time with our church services, hi guys, that um, sometimes... Sometimes uh, you get them confused, or you might even forget certain parts of the um, Apostles' Creed. So we're going to start doing the Apostles' Creed every once in a while in our Sunday services, just so, um, just so nobody forgets it. Um, guys, church and Sunday school. You, you guys weren't in church and Sunday school, either one of you, were you? No. no. Are you healthy now? Okay, good. All right, excellent. Okay, so um, the structure for our class is built around Luther's small catechism. And so we all do everything together.
Catechism 1 and Catechism 2 as we study. When we get close to one of our questioning, I will pull the Catechism 2 students out. We'll go in a separate room and practice our questioning questions, and I'll have the vicar keep teaching Catechism 1. Okay? But about 90% of the time, it's just all of us together. That's kind of how it works. That's kind of the structure. So um, the first of the six chief parts is the Ten Commandments. So let's just review. I don't need the meanings tonight, just the commandments. Cade, first commandment. You shall have, thank you, Hayden, you shall have no other gods. Ella, second commandment. Miss? Third commandment, Cade. Remember. Cole, fourth commandment. Is that a question? No. No. Honor your father and mother. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Fifth commandment. Sixth commandment. Seventh commandment. Yes. Good enough. Ninth commandment. See, at least you got that much right. You shall not. You shall not. You shall not. Abigail, can you help her? Clark, ninth commandment. You shall have. You shall not. You shall not slander your. Yeah. Next one. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. Tenth commandment. Or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. Okay. That's, that's the ABCs. You can't spell a word unless you know your ABCs, right? The Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed, the Ten Commandments. That's the alphabet. That's the bare essentials. Everything we do builds... On that. Okay? So, that is something that you should review on a regular basis. Luther says you should do it every day when you wake up. Make the sign of the cross. Be reminded that you are baptized. Say the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer. And then, oh, if you want to say this little morning prayer, that would be fine. And then uh, go joyfully to whatever your work is. And for you, your work is school. That's your vocation. That's your work. Okay? So. Yes? You have to be at a certain level to get confirmed. Yes. Eight. Whatever I say. Cool. 
Okay, so I want you to be as high a level with your memory work as you can be. I want you to challenge yourself. So um, I don't think anybody was confirmed last year that was lower than six. So I would like you to all be tens. That's probably not going to happen. One was last year. Correct. 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 Okay. Before we do the Bible stuff, let's talk a little bit about the uh, sermon outlines. Okay. So on your sermon outlines, name and date of the sermon. That's pretty basic stuff. All right. What was your favorite hymn or song in the sermon and why? I always look at that. You tell me what your favorite songs are. I keep picking them on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. That's how it works. Okay? So, um, what was the text, the Bible passage, and the theme, the title of the sermon? Back in the olden days, we used to print out the sermon text and the sermon title before we went to these uh, little bitty sermon or little bitty bulletins that we have. We don't do that anymore. So you have to listen for what the text is. For example, the Bible passage that the pastor is going to preach on is usually about the first word out of his mouth. Our message for today is based on John chapter 3, especially this verse. Okay? If the pastor doesn't say, well, you know, give, give me a rough idea of what the theme or the main point is. The next question is, um, what is the main point of the sermon? Theme can be just like a phrase, main point, I want two or three sentences. And then we get into specific law and specific gospel. This is very, very important that you tune your ears and hopefully your heart to be able to distinguish between law and gospel. That's one of the main things that we do in this class. So I asked the question, what was the specific law that was presented in this sermon? How do you know what law is? Cole? Law, S-O-S. The law shows our sin. Do this. Don't do that. The law makes us feel bad. The law convicts us. The law is like looking in the mirror because it shows us our sin. So if the pastor says, um, God's word says you should listen to your parents. What do you think? Law or gospel? Law, should, must, those are law words. 
Those are law words. The gospel Colton Shows our Savior. So, law and gospel will be present in every sermon. Now, technically, the law is like um, we should listen to God's word, we should follow the Ten Commandments. That's pretty generic. I say... What specific law was preached in this sermon? The law is not, or the sermon is not generic. All people are sinners. The law is you should listen to your parents. You should obey your vicar. You should um, wash your hands before you eat. Those are all law statements. The gospel shows us our Savior, the gospel tells us, proclaims to us, the forgiveness of sins. On that section where it says, um, specific gospel, I always want Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. That's in every sermon. That's the gospel. But I want more than Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead to forgive me for all of the times I disobey my parents. To forgive me for all of the times I don't listen to the vicar. To forgive me for all of the times I disobey my parents by not washing my hands before I eat. Whatever the law was in the sermon, the gospel needs to take it away. Are you guys familiar with the old video game Pac-Man? Okay, so you know what I'm talking about when I say Pac-Man. Okay, so you got the law here, and you got the gospel here. The gospel always gobbles up the law. If the gospel doesn't gobble up the law, the preacher didn't do his job. Okay? So I want to know the specific law in that sermon. I want to know the specific gospel in that sermon. We will, you know, I'll make notes. If you get them mixed up, I'll, I'll make notes. Um, you know, sometimes people will put for the gospel... Uh, we should believe in Jesus. Well, of course we should, but that's not the gospel. That's a law statement. Jesus died on the cross for all of the times. I don't believe in him. Follow me? All right. And then I ask for, you know, if there was an illustration or two, some, something in the sermon that uh, uh, you remember... Did you hear in the sermon that your sins are forgiven? You better. 
Again, if you didn't, one of two things happened. Either you weren't listening or the preacher blew it. I guarantee you, you hear a sermon at Good Shepherd, you will hear that your sins are forgiven. I guarantee it. If the vicar does a sermon and doesn't tell you your sins are forgiven, he won't be a vicar very long. Amen. Okay? All right. Anybody have any questions about sermon outlines? Okay. I would prefer that you do the sermon outlines here and that you be physically present when you listen to the sermon when you do your sermon outline. And there's always a stack of them on the information booth if you forgot some at home. If you're sick for a long period of time, yes, you can do it over the, over the radio or over the YouTube, that kind of a thing. But I'd prefer you do it in person. If you go and visit another church, you can do a sermon outline there. I just want a copy of the bulletin. Just staple a copy of the bulletin to the sermon, sermon sheet. Questions? Comments? Rebuttals? Okay. On your schedule, there are five very important dates for you to remember. Questioning is in four parts. The first one is Wednesday, October 20. The second one is Wednesday, December 8. We have a little more time for the next one because we have more material to cover. February 16. And then the last one is Wednesday in Holy Week. Confirmation. Is the day before Easter, April 16. Make sure you have those dates down Make sure Catechism 2, you got to be here. Catechism 1, it would be to your benefit to come and watch what happens during questioning. So next year, when you guys are in the front row answering all the questions, you know what to expect, and you're not nervous or worried or panicking or fainting or... Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's open our Bibles. Our memory work for tonight: First John five eleven and twelve. I want us to go to First John five. First John five. 
Need one? Got the whole thing memorized? First John chapter 5. We're going to read out of it. No, I know, but we're going to read more than just those two verses. So 1 John, way, way, way at the end of the Bible. 1 John... You can go to Revelation and back up a little bit. That's the easiest. First John chapter 5 First John comes right before Second John. That's helpful. And it comes right after Second Peter. Are you even close? Well, I'm on three, but I'm supposed to... Oh, wait, no, I'm fine. <laughs> it, three, and then four, and then five. That's how, the, that's how the numbering system works. Okay, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Uh, let's, let's start with Sam in the back, and then let's just read down the line a verse at a time. Verse 1. Okay, stop. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ. The Christ. Christ is a title. Messiah. Savior. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ. The Messiah. The Savior. Has been born of God. This reminds us of John chapter 3, Jesus having the conversation with Nicodemus. If you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Nicodemus says, uh, I'm an old man, how can I be born again? Unless you are born of water and the Spirit. Adelaide, what do you think that's talking about? Born of water and the Spirit. Baptism. Yes. That's how God delivers the forgiveness of sins. So everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God or born again. Verse 2. Okay. At the end of the communion part of the worship service, the pastor prays a prayer, and about 80% of the time, the prayer is exactly the same prayer, and we pray that God would use this meal, this supper, to strengthen our faith, 
toward God and our love toward one another. Those two things sum up the Christian life. Those two things sum up the Ten Commandments. First three commandments are love toward God. Commandments four through ten are love toward our neighbor. Love God, love our neighbor. Kind of shorthand for the Christian faith. Verse three. Burdensome, yes, burdensome. The commandments are burdensome. Do this, don't do that. They are a burden, they convict us. But because of the blood of Jesus shed on Calvary's cross, your sins are forgiven. And now, as a Christian... Doing and following the commandments, while you know, we're still sinners, it's still a bit of a burden, but we want to have faith in God and love our neighbor. We get to love God and love our neighbor. God changes us, transforms us from the inside out. Christianity is not like taking a dirty car to the car wash. When your car is dirty, you go to the car wash, right? Or you get out a hose. And you wash the big chunks off. That's not Christianity. The forgiveness of sins, yes, cleanses you, but it changes you and cleanses you from the inside out. From the inside out. Changes your heart. Uh, verse 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the way of victory that has overcome the world, our faith. What God is teaching us here through the Apostle John is that the gift of faith, which he gave you in your baptism, the gift of faith clings to the word of God. You are attacked every day by the devil, the world, and even the old sinful flesh that lives inside of you. God overcomes the world by his word. That word has created faith in you. And as you cling to the word of God, as you cling to Jesus, you too have the strength to say no to sin and yes to loving God and loving your neighbor. It's not easy. It's never easy. It's a constant battle going on inside of you. Constant. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Verse 5. Yes. Faith believes that Jesus is the Son of God, just like in verse 1, the Christ. 
Jesus has overcome the world. And when we have faith in him, we share in everything that Jesus has done. Verse 6. Okay, the Spirit is truth. Talking about God the Holy Spirit. God cannot lie. This passage is referring to what happened on Good Friday. When Jesus died on the cross, remember, it got dark. There was an earthquake. They couldn't believe he was dead already. And so one of the soldiers took a spear and they thrust the spear into Jesus' side. And what came out? Water and blood. Now that testifies that he's dead because his heart had stopped beating. Things were already separating in his body. Water and blood came out. So that's testimony that Jesus didn't fake his death. He's really dead. He's really dead. But it's more than that. The water and the blood that poured out of Jesus' side symbolizes how God gives us life through his death. Water in Holy baptism. Blood in Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. This is my body. This is my blood. Are you tracking with me? Okay. Let's keep going. Uh, verse 7. Ella. Oh, that was a short one. Do 8 too. Spirit, water, and blood. The Holy Spirit testifies to Jesus. The main job of the Holy Spirit is to point you to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit points you to the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Because that is your life. Verse 9. Okay, people testified that Jesus died. They saw the water and the blood come out. The Holy Spirit testifies that the water and blood that flowed out of Jesus' side brings you the forgiveness of sins. That's why we have the testimony of the Spirit, the water, and the blood. So now, what does all this mean? Now we get into what our memory work was for tonight. Verse uh, verse 10, this sets the stage. You either believe in Jesus or you don't. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. Either you believe the testimony, God's word, 
You either believe the testimony or you don't. If you don't believe the Word of God, you're basically saying the Bible, God, is a liar. Okay? Now we get into tonight's memory work. Verse 11. This is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this is the Eternal life, the forgiveness of sins, life everlasting, like we just confessed in the Apostles' Creed, is a gift. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It is a gift. It is pure gift. Clark, did you get any gifts for your birthday? Yes. What did you do to get those gifts? What'd you do? Asked. Did you tell everybody, I want this for my birthday? No. No, they just did it. It was... If you tell somebody, hey, why don't you buy me this gift for my birthday or for Christmas? It's not really a gift. You told them what you wanted. That's why birthday lists and Christmas lists are kind of bogus. They really are. You got a point. Yeah, I, of course I have a point. Yeah. A gift is a gift and one of the coolest things about a gift is it just kind of comes unexpected. When Vicar brings home flowers for Mrs. Vicar, and there's no real special reason or occasion, she's like, huh, what's he up to? What did he do wrong? Nothing, it's just a gift. It's just a gift. That's the cool thing about the gospel. It's pure gift. And now verse 12. Maya. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Okay. So, if you believe in Jesus, you have life. If you don't believe in Jesus, you don't have life. We're talking about everlasting life, eternal life, the forgiveness of sins kind of life. All right? It's one or the other. You either have faith or you have unbelief. God's word is clear. Throughout the Bible, he talks about two ways or two paths. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, pure gift, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe in, believe in Jesus, believe in the Son, everlasting life. Don't believe in Jesus, don't believe in the Son, you will perish. I'm just talking about dying. You will perish eternally in hell. It's that simple, and it's that clear. Now, oh, that's what happens when we get a late start. So, um... What I want you to do for next Wednesday, in addition to your memory work, and maybe a couple of um, sermon outlines and all that kind of stuff, is I want you in your catechisms, starting on page 47, 
starting on page 47, are questions and answers. Starting on, and you got the blue one, so the, it'll, it might be a page or two off. You got, you got, what page is it? In the blue caddy, you got the blue one? We're, it's 47. 47? Okay, 47 in both. All right. The first 12 questions. I want you to read the questions and the answers in the Bible passages. The first 12. It'll take you about 10 minutes. Maybe 12 if you're a slow reader. Okay? That, that was what I was going to cover now. In the last 10 minutes, but we got a 10 minute late start. And here's where we'll start next week, and we're going to go hot and heavy on the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments and meanings. That's what you need to be working on with your um, catechism memory work. All right? Anybody have any questions? Let's go to church. Oh, for those of you who weren't here last week or weren't paying attention last week, we have a dress code, guys, for acolyting. And the dress code is this. You have to have pants on, no shorts. You have to have dark Shoes, preferably dress shoes, but if they're tennis shoes, they need to be black. Okay? So, when it is your turn, when you are scheduled to be acolyte, dress appropriately. And on the materials that were handed out last week or emailed to you, it clearly explains that. Okay? All right? Help us out here. Okay, let's go to church. You want me to say this next week? Yeah, say it next week. Say it again. Is there a schedule for Wednesdays and Sundays so you know when you're acolyting on Wednesdays? Is there a schedule for Wednesdays? Yeah. That, I think so, but I don't know. Because you, um, you don't 